So in this share, I wanted to focus again on what we're learning here in Kailo this week. So this week that's about Chol of Akum, as it's commonly called. So as usual, I don't like to focus on the aspects that are too famous and obvious. Uh, try to find something a little less well-known or a little less emphasized. Um, for the purpose of this share, I would say that I don't have a particular focus, a particular point that I'm trying to convey here. We're going to cover some lesser-known pratim regarding this topic with, with uh, regards to this topic. And uh, it's a shorter share, no pressure, we're not trying to get to a particular punchline per se. Now we're talking about Chal of Yisrael, Chal of Akum. This is a topic that really falls under a larger rubric, a larger category of Machalei Goyim, Machalei Akum. All various categories, food categories that Goyim are involved and we have an issue for different reasons. So you have Pasakum, Shulei Bishakum, Sheikhar actually, like I said, a lot here. Dominic, perhaps we could suggest that the time was a Yiddish society, Yidden were more their own society. Whatever Kayim were there are guests in our society. So, everything is being produced by Yidin. It's understood, the past, the Bishal, the Yayin, the Sheikh, the Chal, the Gvina, the Shemin, it's all Yiddish uh, products, and we just have to make sure that the Goyim don't uh, get too involved. But as time went on, it's kind of flipped, it's kind of the opposite, and uh, we're guests in the Gentile society. And that means, that meant, that Jews were not always involved in every aspect of life, were not necessarily involved in every aspect of food production. And that's probably when things start getting more complicated. And that's why we talk of find over the last uh, thousand years, how every single one of the things listed, every single one, depending on the time and the place, became a small problem, became a big problem. You start finding Paiskim, looking for ways to circumvent, to get around, to explain how it's not, why it's not relevant in a particular time and place. This is just all to make the point that we talk about Chol of Yisrael, Chol of Akim, Chol of Stan, Rav Meisha. Talk about Rav Meisha's Heter, it's not, uh, Rav Meisha's Heter isn't coming out of nowhere. There's not, it's not like there's zero context there for uh, Rav Meisha to say this. Our characters, very much along the of many discussions, Hatayim, either Major Atayim, Minor Atayim, over the generations on, in these areas of uh, Kashrus. This is not to take a particular side, uh, stick up a particular hector. Obviously, each hector needs to be discussed individually, and it depends on what reception it gets from other Paiskim. So, my starting, my point of departure today is uh, an interesting tshuva that I came across, Charles Tshuva Zecha Yehosef. Zecha Yehosef, was authored by Rabbi Yosef Zechariah Shtaren. He passed away in 1903. He was a Rav in Shavl, Shavle in Lithuania. 
And uh, it was an interesting Rav in his time, and he's particularly now for the peace, the open and the city of Marakonis it's uh, somewhat without without peer, without parallel. And it wasn't just traditional Svarm, uh, even less usual Tanakh, TikTok. He, uh, he read a recent uh, web publication coming out in his time. He references those. In fact, someone asked me recently, someone asked recently, he was looking at about the of a child being named after their father. Can a child, you know, we find in other cultures, other societies, Goyim, sometimes the, the son carries on the name of the father. Obviously that's not the name for uh, a society, but we find any examples of this. Specifically in earlier Mekairis, and I looked around a bit, and the source I ended up finding, Taka, was that in the Sechi if they printed something he wrote on this topic, and the Matamar Mekairis, he threw but it's very, uh, very impressive indeed. So the original Zechi Yehosef that he printed was printed in Ayam. Here, the Mechon Yerushalayim got involved and they reprinted it. They also printed that he had prepared for printing. So now we have two new Chalakim and Eritrea. A few of Nayim Vav. About Shailas of Chal of Yisrael in New York, at a much, much earlier point in time. Uh, in fact, it's so early in time that it's, it predates the uh, reality today. The reality today, of course, is milk is produced by companies, and then the question is, how do we uh, deal, what's our attitude towards this means of production? But the era we're talking about here is, like I said, predates that, but already on a scale that is more uh, reminiscent of you know, the scale which things, you know, the, the, the industrial world we live in today, it's obviously we no longer, uh, we no longer live in a reality where you milk your cow and that's the source of milk, so already at this point things were, were changing and created these questions. Now, I didn't see that anybody discusses this shiva, probably because, like I said, it was printed for the first time just a few years ago, but it's interesting to take a look. So in Seychi Yehosef, like I said, Yeridea, Chelek Beis, which is printed for the first time, Simikuf Lamed Gimel, is a tshuva from Reish Chedesh Adar, Tafresh Lamed Gimel. So Tafresh Lamed Gimel, it's 1873. Um, as we know, the history of uh, Jewish immigration to the United States is that we started off with, with Svardim from, uh, from the you know, Dutch territories and things like that. And then, somewhere in the early 1800s, there were, uh, early to mid-1800s, there were the uh, German Jews, the uh, assimilated German Jews who immigrated here. They became the, uh, the Jewish elite. And then, towards the end of the 1800s, beginning of the early 1900s, that's when the Eastern European, Russian, Lithuanian, Polish Jews started uh, flocking here. And that's, uh, when we think of American Jewry today, we're kind of thinking of the last wave of immigration. This is at the beginning of that, 1873. So, from New York, from someone by the name of Tzvi Hirsch Edelman. Now, there's a well-known person by that name, but doesn't seem to fit the time and place, so I'm not sure who it is, didn't look into it. And he sent a letter along with an article that he'd written up on the topic, in what he calls the publication HaTzaifa in HaChayza number 36. So, tried figuring out what he's referring to. Find it. So when he said that's safe, he's referring to a publication printed in America for a few years. 
1870s called Hatsefer Barakadasha, and apparently it contained a section called Achayza. Uh, some of it is scanned and available, but it doesn't seem like Tafri Shlam Gimel is. So the question was, the Rav Meir, most New Yorkers buy their milk from the Gwayan, who come to sell it in New York. How does it work? How does the milk get from the store? Well, all the non-Jews, they bring their milk to some central location, he calls it a base officer. Ubelashinite markets. The reader with the right access. And says, believe it as reported in the papers. So I actually tried to look up the papers. So I actually find uh, the New York Times from 1873 talk about the book industry. And it says that New York received about 1,000 cans containing 40 quarts each or 30,000 quarts of more so. Top is something at the Oitz, and then the Oitz uh, gets found to uh, He's quoting the argument of this person. It's clear where this begins, but the discussion was what can we, what can we do about this, about, this, about this problem? So, this, the, the suggestion, the line of thought went this. Now it all came to the market. Oh, never. Something leaves the market. Lamarzagin called the parish, Miruba parish. So you sort of circumvent the whole uh, problem. Your child of Chalv Yisrael is direct. The guy comes and gives you the milk. There's no, uh, there's no rave, there's no nothing. He milked the cow, he gave you the milk. You don't know where, you don't know where the milk came from. But here, talking about large quantities, it all comes together, and then they split it up. So, so I called the parish, Miruba parish. Surely the rave of the milk here is Chalv Tar. Shalkfarim, if you're in a small location, then you have a problem. So then you start, he starts getting into some of the technicalities of these shayas of called the So you have a musik of Dover Shiva Minyan, something you count. So they're bringing, they're bringing, like we said, they're bringing cans of milk. Count the cans. Just a number of the cans. So it's a Dover Or it's also a Dover of But then he seems to say, no, once the milk uh, gets distributed, so somewhere along the way, he seems to be suggesting that you wouldn't have that problem. He says, you have a musig that, uh, you know, do you have to not know where it came from? Sometimes you find that the word is that we don't know where the right take it from this, you take it from that. Here, uh, it's sort of known. This is the milk comes here, gets deposited, then the guys come and pick it up, they deliver it. He says, no. The, the word, in order for it to be kavua, you have to see, Rosh Nilkach, Mimok Kavua. 
You have to be able to say, oh, I saw it came from where this is, where that is. Because that's, that's not the case over here. It is a case of called the punishment of a punish. Another part if you say that this was Midrabanon, our bottle, even because so there's also room to it's also the Chal that was of Tami. We don't know this for sure, Chal of Tami. It's Shema Eid of Chal of Tami. The old word is maybe. So it's not even an actual Tavis. We have to work with that. On this topic, the question of whether you can introduce these concepts of Roiv and Kolparish and these of Kashras milk. So there's actually a more recent child. The Minchas Yitzchak, Kesem and Samach. Shaykh Al-Tabak also touched on these types of questions. This is from Tafshin Lamed. He says there was a big, at this point it's, it's a modern day, uh, modern era, so it's uh, a milk, uh, milk production by a non-Jewish company, but they also sell Chalvisel as a Shacha, and it's all sealed in bottles. And uh, they distinguish between the bottles in the factory by marking the Chalvisel bottles as with modern solutions come modern, modern problems. You have, uh, this, uh, you have these machines, you have this fact, sometimes you uh, mislabel things, right? You follow the conscious alert, sometimes you hear it's mislabeled. So, yeah, uh, some of the kosher, the cholabak, the Israel, other, which obviously most of the models that are labeled some of them are not, but it's a shasat chak. We have a whole city of people, sick people, children. We need milk, and uh, you can't parcel the entire run of milk. It's going to cause uh, essentially there will be no milk for everybody. The schools need it. So again, he gets into these types of questions. He says, uh, if milk and gets mixed together. Lach belach. So you need uh, you need shishim. So if you look in Ramosim and Kuftas Vav Shach, so the Isser holds that Gvina Gvinas Akum actually is bottle beroiv. Ramos says Gvinas Akum needs shishim. But the Dogum Ravava, the Nedubi Huden is Hagoy says sure you need shishim. So, okay, so should we start looking for if there's shishim or there's not shishim? But in this case, the milk itself didn't get mixed. There's bottles of milk. That's not lach belach, that's yavish b'yavish. Besides that, to a darshan, right? You sell a, a bottle of milk, costs X, Y, and Z. You sell them by the bottle. Ibazai, halacha doesn't talk about bottles of milk, but halacha talks about bottles of wine. And uh, in that context, yeah, bottles of wine each is a Dorish Ramanya. So now he said the question is this essentially comes down to a famous vart that you might have come through the Makaitis, you should have said how clearly it was spelled out. But 
there's a big question in Chalavakum, which is what is the Yisrael, what is the basis for the entire Isra of Chalavakum? What's the Vart? So he says, if the Vart is at Shema, if the Vart is Taka, that maybe the guy mixes, it's like a Chshash. So even though it's a Chshash, but we treat it like a Vali Isra de Chazal made it a Vadai. So, if that's the basis, if that's the Yisoyed, then, Medina Seilu, look, he says, look at the Chivas Marasham, Chelegimel, Simon Reish Samachtas, Medina Seilu, it's a Sophic. What does the Marasham say there? So let's have a little into the Marasham. The Marasham there is uh, dealing with a fairly modern question about Kashrus in a factory, how to Kashra a factory. So Rav wrote to him and said that there's a factory of butter and milk. And uh, until now, it was a kosher factory. There was balavakum. There was no no involved in the process. Now the shail is how quickly, how easily can we convert, can we kosher this factory to make it kosher? What do you have to do? You have to do anything? What's with the machinery? So the rov wrote down. There's no need for any hachshur at all because what's the process? The process is to the machine it turns into into cream, and then from there it turns into butter. There, or, or in another place, it turns into cheese. So you want So has a different din. And whatever milk there was, the milk was tsoinin. Place where they actually warm up the cheese. So there, there you said he, the Rav said he did Hagala, even though it's a machlekas, whether we need Hagala or not, but better to be on the safe side. So the Marsham is responding to that and discussing that. So when he comes to the union of Hagala, he gets into the Prat, and then at one point he says, Yesh Leimar, Elu, Tame. So obviously now the the market we live in today, I'm, I'm assuming there is more of a variety of milks it's, uh, probably in fashion, so there probably are not kosher milks that are for sale. But I guess if you rewind 100 years to to Europe, there was no other uh, milk industry. There was only uh, cow milk, maybe goat. There was no chal of tame. Says aha. So you have tshuvas tashbits chelik dalat chut which is not the tashbits. It's his einiklach. Tur Aleph, which is Anical number one, Simulam and Beis. So there's this Kav there that they were saying, oh, where we live here in Algeria, there are the camels, there are no camels. They, they keep on trying to raise camels here, the camels stop working. So we know for a fact that the one potential source of Chal of Tome doesn't exist here, so there's literally no source of Chal of Tome where we live. So I was like, let's be Mekel. So here you see this history, examples of uh, being Mekel. And these types of questions for other reasons, for based on the Metsias. And anyway, the Chal of Gemalim is more expensive than a Chal of Behema. Why would, why would he mix it in? The Mashamas would sign to a few more of the Chuvas from this uh, circle, the Rashbash, the Radbaz. You have these Achreinim, these early Achreinim that were uh, leaning towards being Mekel. So, 
Hashem says, we wouldn't rely on that for the milk itself. That, that hasn't been ongenomen. We're not, uh, otherwise we wouldn't need Rav Meisha. We wouldn't need any of these Shav uh, Meisha's Shuvah begins with, we could be matter without the Prichadash, without these Mekairis that uh, try to get around the whole problem. So the Marsham says, but Yesh Lahakob is manazeh, bekalem she'enam ben yoinam, ben yoimam gam lachatchila. He also quotes the Isra Hatter. The Isra Hatter says that, Bechlal, why don't we, if you don't know where the milk came from, why shouldn't you assume that the milk came, Bechlal Behemus, forget about the uh, market. Rev Behemus, you would think Artahiris. No, that's what you would, if you thought about it, you would assume that Rev Behemus Artahiris, if you don't know where the milk came from, maybe that should be enough. So, Dr. Isra Hatter, no, Rev Behemus Timaeus. Yeah, I don't know what now. Now with uh, corporations and uh, the amount of chickens and cows and sheep, uh, not sheep, chicken and chickens and cows that are necessary to feed everyone. I don't know what the actual statistics of uh, and then all the animals in the wild, uh, perhaps uh, having their uh, numbers suffer from different factors. I don't know what the actual numbers of uh, behemoths in the world are. But at that time, it seemed reasonable to say that if you looked at all the, the, the number of kosher animals. Of the list of animals are meat. Right, animals are are tummy. So it was I. Right, So again, so the logic. It's on that. So let's look. Let's let's take you one country at a time. But the Kalim, Shayna bin Yaiman, the EF Shalagilon, Yeshlahakum, and Bachlal, there's different kulas with Chalavakum. That's the Marsham. So getting back to the Minchas Yitzchak, back to the, the mislabeled bottles and then that question. So he says, if you say that it's Shash that the guy mixed it in, and Medina Seinu, that's less of an issue. So Bazai, we should treat it more like like a gvina, gvina sheish basafik, and he gvina sisral, a gvina sakum. Betel beroiv. Then the minchas yitzchak says, "Lamaisa kasher lismechalzeh," because you have the whole other school of thought about chalav akum. They say at chalav nasser b'minyan, which means that chazal and chachamim they came together and they answered it. So it's more of a gzeira than a chash. And, and that's really the guy, that's really the Mahalach that we identify with. For Kiblu Aviseinu Aleinu Kaha That's why we don't accept all of those other Achreinim that were seemingly being more lenient. So I will tell you, that's not, then we can't use that for, for our purposes here. And he says that there's a Vart in Halacha, the Isid Rabbanon, that got mixed. But you see, ah. The, there's not enough heter, the, 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 you don't have the shear to be mevatalet, then there's a concept that uh, you can just keep on adding and adding until it's bottle. So, Yabazai, Adarach Zeh, Chaticha Haruil Iskabit, let's say that's your problem, that's why it's not being bottle, then how would you solve that, Lafi that heter? Start chopping it up, chopping it until it's not a chaticha ruyel iskabin anymore. It's always chaticha ruyel iskabin. Now you can uh, now you can say it's bottle. It's already mixed. It wasn't bottle until now. Now it'll be bottle. And Bikiv Eger Paskin Tabhefsed Meruba, you can rely on this. So Ebazoi Min Chasitzuk says 
How do you how do you do right? The problem, as we said, it was that it's not bottled, it's a Davish Minion, So he says, open all the bottles. So an open bottle of milk is already not a Davish. You don't sell an open bottle of milk and it's not a Davishov. So open all the bottles. We'll lose the Davish Minion. We see this in Halacha by Chavius. And then it will be bottle midin Yavish by Yavish, and uh, you're good to go. He says, now would be if it was Shaykh to a Yid, but Cain didn't be down with Shaykh to a Goy. So then you also have called the Parash, Merubah Parash. He actually invokes, this is why I was linking it to what we were discussing before. So you could say, called the Parash, Merubah Parash. And he goes off to discuss the, the problem of that. Um, just one final, one final thing. Really talking about this machlekes, the gather of uh, the iser and how lenient you can be. So, uh, Manala Kail was here yesterday. But talking, Punkt asked, uh, "What's the story with cameras? Uh, how do cameras fit into uh, the equation of kashras hashkacha?" So, I'll just uh, relay in short that there's a relevant sefer called. Uh, someone put it out a few years ago called Derech Asarim. And it's a play on words. It's uh, from upcoming Parsha, I believe. I think it's Parsha's Balak, but uh, he's referring to internet, internet related Shilas. So uh, each simon has another Shila, a modern day contemporary Shila that has to do with the reality created by the internet. So in Simon Samach Zion, he has a Shila about Ashkoch and Chol Yisrael. And cutely enough, he, he likes to set up uh, the question what's the question? The question is, there's a shliach who went on shlichas, describes it in uh, flowery terms, and uh, he's in a country where there isn't chal of Yisrael. The, uh, the, the nearest uh, production is 100 kilometers from where he lives. So he wants to make a deal that it will bring hashkacha, it will be worth it for them. He has a crowd, so people will buy the milk. But how's it going to work? They're going to have to be, uh, he'll give them directions and instructions of what they need to do, and uh, there'll be cameras. Agav, speaking of issues of Chal Yisrael and Kashras, on, on Shluchas, uh, last year I spoke about a related topic, which is uh, people living in uh, what's called Southeast Asia, where you have uh, buffalo instead of cows, the Shiloh of the Kashras of the Mina buffalo. Anyway, so this is the question. So, it's a very cute, airy overview of the, the Indian of Chal of Yisrael, Chal of Akum, goes through the Mekaitis. Then he lays out the disagreement about what's the Gedder, is it Akshash, is it Akzeda, or whatever terminology you want to use, the Tashbets, Chotam and all that whole school of thought, Pri Chodash, many other Svardim that seem to think that it's really all dependent on what animals were in your location versus the Qsam Seifer that says it's Xayda and that's the Shito we go with goes to the Chazanish so this is just uh, sort of rounding up uh, giving you an overview of uh, everything that's in your booklet that you may not have gotten to the Chazanish was quoted it, uh, as being relatively lenient, he was also entertaining this idea that maybe government uh, regulation can be effective for Chal Yisrael. But then a lot of his file, you know, here in America, Rav Moshe has a certain stature. Chazanish has whatever stature he has with his followers. Apparently, it's not it's not such a comfortable thought and feeling to, to, for them to say the Chazanish was matter. So he quotes a number of chuvas after the Chazanish that say. No, the Chazanish didn't really mean it. He was just writing uh, Lefopola. 
Bechulu v'chulu, maybe only uh, during the Shas Adcha Gadol, then he gets to Rav Meisha. Rav Meisha's out there, those who disagree with Rav Meisha, we don't have time. But really, the question itself of the cameras is actually pretty uh, simple and straightforward. It says, even for sure, Rav Meisha, of course, if Rav Meisha agrees that unseen government regulations are effective, surely, if you're watching them, but even those who disagree with Rav Meisha, surely they would agree, and sure enough, um, you know, he quotes different Mekaitis, uh, what Yashif said, it's fine. Other Paiskim didn't like it so much. It's not always clear what reason, what the main reason is. But, uh, you know, some would argue that, in fact, it's better to have cameras because watching by camera, or the ability at least to rewatch by camera, would be more effective than uh, what a human being who uh, is limited with his time and his focus and his energy and his attention can accomplish. So obviously you have to have a number of conditions. You have to be able to control the cameras remotely. Um, you have to make sure that the factory has no access to the cameras. They cannot do any production without the cameras watching. Uh, those who are there should know that they're being watched and that there will be, you know, things will be looked into if there's an issue. And the cameras have to be watching from the beginning